Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020, and we are reading from the Big Book, continuing our study of the forward to the second edition. We're on page XX reading the first paragraph, starting with another reason for the wide acceptance of AA, reading through to the next paragraph and ending with men of religion and commenting on both. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Jessica G, 12 traditions, Esther F, and readers of the text, Judy F, Wendy M, and Katie G. The reference numbers for Tuesday, July 21st, 7 a.m. meeting, 15016, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 15017. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jessica G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, this is Jessica G., Compulsive Overeater in Central Florida. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jessica G. And Esther F. will read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Esther. Thank you. Uh, this is Esther F., a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only recover requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we're continuing our study of the forward to the second edition. We are on page XX, and we're reading the first paragraph, Another Reason for the Widespread Acceptance of AA, through two paragraphs ending with Men of Religion. And Judy F., would you read for us, please? Yes, thank you, Lynn. This is Judy F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministration of friends, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could have made only the slowest progress. Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book. Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization, Neither does AA take any particular medical point of view, 
though we cooperate widely with the men of medicine as well as the men of religion. And let me just set my timer. So yes, um, oh, I'm so grateful to be here, so grateful to be uh, given this book when I first came in. And I actually came in uh, through a treatment center um, and my diagnosis was depression and anxiety and um, and it was also they addressed compulsive overeating and um, eating disorders but I couldn't get in there with my uh, compulsive overeating diagnosis um, and that caused my depression and high anxiety but we it was great because I did see psychiatrists but the main what we really did was we got in the big book right away and we met i only met with the psychiatrist once a week to check in and he was really getting me off my my meds because i got off the my addictive foods uh so i am so grateful that um i had gone to another treatment center a year before and went right back out into the food and they, it wasn't based on the big book they did not give me a big book they did not talk about the 12 steps and this did and um and 29 years later I'm uh, still recovered and abstinent and so grateful for that. It also talks about um, further on in this book, they talk about the medical, they have quotes from medical and religious friends and that's back in the appendices. Uh, appendix three is the medical view on AA and appendix, let's see, appendix five is the uh, religious view. And I was just looking, I. Um, I'm quoting from it, uh, with under the medical view, I think our profession must take appreciative cognizance of this great therapeutic weapon. If we do not do so, we shall stand convicted of emotion, emotional sterility and having lost the faith that moves mountains without which medicine can do little. And we even learned that with the doctor's opinion, Dr. Silkworth, you know, he, he couldn't do this. Um, he couldn't get recovered or um, alcoholics. And so I'm just so grateful that they did, it did grow because of um, the support. And then at the last sentence, I now conceive the psychiatrist's job to be the task of breaking down the patient's inner resistance so that which is inside him will flower as under the activity of the AA program. And that's what happened to me. I, my resistance, I saw how I had a disease uh, mental and physical, and that I needed spiritual support through these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared yesterday or the day before, Please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Janet B. Reva P. Melissa G. I heard Janet A, 
Reva P, Melissa G, and I couldn't catch the last name. Anyone else? Shlomi Hana B. Shlomi Hana, okay. Lou B. Great. Okay, this is our lineup. Janet A, Reva P, Melissa G, Shlomi Hana B, and Lou B. Janet, please go ahead. Hi there, this is Janet B, as in Big Book, um, from New Jersey, recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia. So I'm looking at that line, Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious organization. And I remember I was in OA for six, seven years before I recovered and being at a meeting and being a religious girl and um, still binging. And someone came up to me and said, if you have such a great relationship with God, why are you still eating compulsively? And I couldn't answer. I couldn't answer. Here I was. I thought I was so religious. And here I was unable to stop binging and throwing up. And all these other people who weren't as religious as I was weren't doing it. And um, so I saw I had to change this because I just said, oh, my gosh, like, they're right. Something is radically wrong. I may believe in God, but I don't have a relationship with him. And when I got desperate, I did two things that really turned it around. The first was I became willing to do whatever I was told. If I was told to do cartwheels in the freezing cold, I would have done it. Um, And as I've heard it said before, willingness allows grace to enter. And then I left the meeting and I said a prayer. And I said, God, I've always had fixed ideas of what you were like and what you want from me. And I'm willing to admit I'm wrong and to start over and to let you show me what you're like and how to worship you. And it was like a hand reached into my soul and yanked out the obsession. And because I continued on with the willingness and the working with the steps, um, God continued on with the miracle um, after he launched his search and rescue program for me. And the obsession has been gone for mm, over 30 years now. And I have learned what um, true religion and true spirituality is through these steps, um, which was accessed by willingness and then just continued with um, hard work and most of all by God's miraculous help. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet B. Reva P., it's your turn, followed by Melissa G. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I am so grateful for the sentence that Alcoholics Anonymous is not a religious program because I had participated in religious programs um, and it really skewed my understanding perspective of God um, and that would have turned me right off and I would have walked right out the door. So for me, that sentence reminds me of the open-mindedness and all-inclusiveness of the spirituality of this program. And I learned the difference between spirituality and religion. Um, 
and and I guess this reminds me that this book teaches me the main problem that I have is a lack of power. And the main object of the book and the instructions is to help me access power, which will solve my problem, which is what it says on page 45. So, you know, I use the steps to remove the block so that by the time I get to step 11, I can access that power. So I'm very grateful to all the doctors and psychologists and mental health professionals um, and medical people who have helped me on my path. But that is not the main focus because the book teaches me I'm beyond human aid. Those people can enhance and contribute and help, um, which reminds me that God sends all the right people at the right time, who I need, when I need, to help me on this journey but I need to stay focused because for me, I get distracted. I think this doctor, this healthcare professional, especially if they've got research behind all their work, this is going to be the thing that helps me and I get off the beam. Um, so these paragraphs remind me, yes, there are advocates and supports and um, outside you know, professions that help and programs, but the main focus is to keep my channel clear and keep accessing power so that I live sane, um, keep the food down, have the neutrality, and then can practice principles in all my affairs. It, it, it's not as logical as I thought um, and medical and research-based, but it totally works. So I need to keep the focus on um, who I am and what I really need to do, and then God will provide whoever needs to contribute to this journey. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Melissa G., it's your turn, followed by Shlomi Hana B. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hi, thank you. This is Melissa G., recovering compulsive overeater from Michigan. Um, I guess what I really heard in this is the support of the doctors and the religious folk because when I was really in the thick of my disease, those are the people I tried to hide from and lie to. And I would turn to my doctor all the time and ask for the next pill or the next, you know, quick way to drop 100 pounds. And, you know, this time it was going to be different. And then something happened when I entered into the room of vision. Um, and I, I heard it here, that channel to God was all of a sudden unblocked or clear. And yeah, I loved God before I came in here. Like God was my jam. But my relationship was so minimal because it was dulled out by my food and my addiction. And um, I guess I'm grateful that people in those communities did step up to support because a lot of times when you're in the community, people don't see that change is possible. And when you get people from the outside supporting and advocating and saying, you know what, this is something that could work, it kind of gives you more, at least for me, a clear head because um, I, I wouldn't trust my own thinking when I was still in my addiction. So I'm grateful that, you know, the way God put everybody in place like a chess game where everybody had their part to play to make these programs come about. 
I'm grateful for finding this program, and I'm grateful for Corona, which I know is crazy to say because I would never have found you guys if I if it wasn't for me having to work from home and having the time to get on the phone every morning. So thank you. I hope you all have a beautiful day. Thank you, Melissa G. And Shlomi Hana B. It's your turn, followed by Lou B. Good morning, Shlomi Hana. Good morning. Thank you so, so much for your service. Thank you, everybody, for being on this line. Um, so, so grateful for this meeting. And um, I also wanted to comment on um, the uh, support of the medical professionals and therapists and um, outside lay people. Um, you know, I really have a lot of gratitude, a lot, a lot of gratitude for that. Um, you know, nowadays, anybody in the medical professional, in the medical profession, and anybody in um, therapy knows about 12-step programs, and they know that they work. And I've heard on the lines so, so many times that people came to OA because they were in therapy and their therapist suggested that they try OA. It wasn't even a blip on the screen for them, but because they were having so many problems, you know, in their lives and with food as well, which of course we know one goes with the other, um, the professional suggested that they come into the 12-step rooms and that's how a lot of people get here actually, which is really amazing. You know, I'm also very grateful for the people in the very beginning who supported AA, um, like Nelson D. Rockefeller and and uh, Dr. Silkworth, and then the other professionals that stepped up because they gave it legitimacy. You know, I can imagine, you know, that when it was just 100 people or less than 100 people, you know, and alcoholism was such a, was so taboo to even talk about. Um, or even admit that somebody in the family was alcoholic. You know, it took a lot of bravery and courage for these people to embrace this movement. And because of that, we have what we have today. You know, I have a relative who very, very unfortunately has just relapsed from drug addiction. And um, when he was in the rehab before, um, you know, of course, they, you know, gave medical treatment, psychological treatment, but a very, very big part of the treatment is the 12 steps. And he really embraced that. He really embraced it until I don't know what happened, but um, he relapsed, unfortunately. And thank God he is back in treatment. I pray that he will recover and stay recovered. And I know that... Um, once again, he is embracing the 12 steps as part of his journey. And I, even though, thank God I'm not a drug addict, I am an addict, um, I can help support him um, just on my journey. Thank you. Um, I'll pass. Thank you, Shlomi Hana B. And Lou B., it's your turn. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. This is Lou B. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict who lives in Texas, and I'm really, really glad to be here this morning. What a great, 
reading to have, um, to be a part of. So I think about, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, where did people go? You know, they either went to a doctor or the church, right? I mean, there was no other place that, that someone could go. Well, I guess there were snake oils, that snake oil salesmen and all sorts of folks out there who had remedies, but a hundred years ago, the closest solution was with either a doctor or a religion, or at least I guess the place that people would think there'd be a closest solution. I mean, that's where people went. And so to have those two um, groups support this and say, okay, look, we don't have the answers. I know you guys have been hoping that we would have the answer, (laughs) but we don't. And so these guys over here, they've come up with a solution that looks like it works, you know. So I think that's why um, it was so important for those two 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 groups in particular to to be advocates of um, of Alcoholics Anonymous, and 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 what the book says here to us is that it it sped the progress, right? It says without those that without the support of those two groups, our progress would have been slow. And so I I see how you know my higher power used the medical and religious people to, you know, speed this process along and get it out to more folks. Well, I can tell you today that I know, I mean, lots of people don't know about OA, right? They know about AA, but they don't know about OA. They still don't know about OA. And, um, you know, that's why it's so important for me to, to be willing to speak up when someone else is, you know, honest willing to be honest with me about their their food addiction or their, their compulsive overeating. So um I do I do think we are in a renaissance period with OA and I'm I'm really so, so grateful for that. Now for me I want to talk a little bit about about my you know my solution and why this program is the answer for me. And that is that, you know, it's been shared before this morning, but the answer is is God. God does for me what I can't do for myself, and and He, um, you know, He shows me my next action, and He takes care of any changing that needs to take place in my life. And my job is to be here with you guys this morning, and to do the next the next action. And because this is a program of action for me, and um, I think that is the difference in particular between this program and medical programs because, you know, medical programs are a pill a lot of times, right? And, and, and this, this, this requires um, action on my part and, and thank you very much. Um, Thank you guys so much. The answer is my higher power. And this is how I find my conscious contact with him every day. Have a great one. Bye-bye. I'll pass. Thank you, Lou B. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are studying the forward to the second edition on page XX, starting with the first paragraph, another reason for the wide acceptance of AA, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with the men of religion. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, We ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. 
And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Michelle M. Melissa C. Gary D. Carmela G. Sophie S. Anyone else? Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Michelle M. Melissa C. Gary D. Carmela G. And Sophie S. Please go ahead, Michelle. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Boy, what I need to say is very, very good intention people harmed me in the medical profession by helping me find an 11-year-old amphetamines, not find them, but prescribe them because this was their understanding of the weight loss problem at the time. And um, then fast, flash forward five decades, and um, I had very lovely young women tell me that there's no food that's bad, there's no food that's wrong, which is true, but they didn't understand the nature of my disease. And unfortunately, I believed people who had white coats on. So when after fasting on a medical fast, they said 300 calories of donuts is 300 calories of steak, what do you think I chose? So I just want to remind people that um, not everybody has the correct answer, and it took me a while to find my answer. And in my soul, this is my answer to my problem. I had a gastric bypass that did not work. I lost weight, but it did not fix my broken brain. I do not want to disparage those people um, in the medical profession at all, they and the psychiatric profession. They were doing the best they knew at the time, but I had to trust finally my own self and my own spirit that let me know this program is the answer to a twofold problem. I have an allergy of a body and the obsession of a mind, and I am so grateful that this program helped me to find the true answer for me. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Michelle M. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Gary D. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Lynn S. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Um, you know, the, the things that grabbed me from these two paragraphs was that um, we're not a religious organization, and the other word that really like got my attention this morning was cooperate we cooperate and um i think one of my hugest problems was um yeah i had fixed ideas about god and about recovery and really about this book um you know without even reading it let's let's be you know true and without even right really trying to um find a relationship with God. I had these ideas. And so I quickly dismissed anything that um that used that word. You know, for me that that word, that word God. And you know, in my dismissal, I was so uncooperative. And you know, um in the in the appendix when it talks about the spiritual experience, it it mentions contempt prior to investigation. And that 
that's what I practiced. In fact, that was my religion. And I had um, a um, a way that I worshipped, and it was my intellect. So I would find flaws um, with everything that was actually um, attempting to help me. You know, and, and one of my earliest um, obstacles I came upon in recovery in this book was the idea that, um, well, then why don't you find your own conception? You know, you don't like the one that you've been presented with religiously. Make your own. And and in my contemptuous mind, so so smart, I thought I was so smart, I said, um, well, you just told me that my brain is what's broken, right? And now you're telling me use my brain and conceive my own God. This is this is a load of crap. That's really what I thought. And and um, and you know, I had a a powerful moment where um, I heard a voice, and it sounded like my dad. And my dad is deceased um, a number of years. And I knew it wasn't my dad, but it sort of felt like something my dad would say. And my dad, you know, this voice said to me, "Stop being so smart. You want to get better or not?" And that's really where it begins. That's how we cooperate. You want to get better or not? Lay aside what you think you know and open up your mind. And, you know, for someone who thought I was so open-minded, you know, that's why I didn't like this book, that's laughable. Like, really open up your mind a little bit more. And, um, and, and in doing so, I found, you know, really a powerful solution, and it is God. <laughs> Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Gary D., it's your turn, followed by Carmela G. Please go ahead, Gary. Good morning, everybody. I'm a, I'm a recovered compulsive eater. My name is Gary, and um, I just want you know, enjoy the, uh, the reading, and the first speaker really um, touched me uh, um, I also came into a treatment center that was uh, headed by a doctor. And um, I think in like eight or nine days, it'll be 32, 32 years uh, since I first came in. And uh, I don't even know how I ended up in treatment. I was 110, 120 pounds heavier than I am now. And I, uh, uh, to this day, I can't remember how I found this treatment center, how I ended up there. But um I ended up in this treatment center, and, and uh, uh, it was it was uh, headed by a doctor, and that's that's how. In fact, it was headed by a doctor, and it was in a hospital. Um, um, so so that because it was in a hospital, my insurance covered it, um, and what a miracle that was! And and they gave me my first big book, um, which is still you know it's it's barely readable today because of all the different colored highlighting and whatnot. Like so I had to give it. To do temporary assignments, I had to buy another big book, but uh, it's still the big book that I read that uh, is close to my heart. It has all my notes on my. Uh, uh, they gave me a for today, the uh, the reader, <clears throat> and they gave me um, Bill B's book. Uh, some of you around remember Bill B's book, but um, because that's that's so there was no OA literature. That's what they, what they had. Um, but man, I'm just just like, like the first piece. I'm just so grateful for those people. And those doctors who were willing, I mean, they gave me those books and, and they did group therapy and all that stuff, but their main focus was working the 12 steps, the first three. I mean, really in treatment, you do the first three steps. But they took they took me to a meeting every night. Um, the first, My first night, they brought me to my first OA meeting. 
<clears throat> where I met the, the man who was to become my sponsor, who saved my life. And, you know, and all this happened because some, some doctor somewhere was open to this message. Uh, and I, uh, I would be the biggest ingrate in the world if I didn't acknowledge these people. Like, you know, for a doctor to admit there's nothing medically we can do but help people, and, and even more so during the, uh, in the 1930s when they would, you know, for doctors and, and priests, and uh, Father Ed Dowling, who was uh, Franciscan, and, and uh, for, for him to have latched on to this and to have forwarded the movement so much. And this is, uh, I really appreciate those people. And at the same time, over the years, I've been on professional outreach committees and um, realized, like, like whereas almost any doctor who has a patient who, who acknowledges drinking too much will, will mention AA. Uh, when I was when I was doing professional outreach work for for OA, I was amazed at how resistant uh, doctors, uh, particularly, are. Uh, clergy not so much. Clergy is more open to it, obviously, because we got you know, God. Uh, thank you so much for letting me share and uh, and for being part of this great movement. God bless. Thank you, Gary D. Carmela G, it's your turn, followed by Sophie S. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much, Lynn, for your service, and thank you for everyone on the line this morning. Um, Today, because of the gift God has given me, I celebrate seven years of abstinence. Um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater only through the miracle of my higher power that I call God. Uh, I take no credit except for doing the work. And um, when it says here, another reason for wide acceptance of AA, friends in medicine, religion, and the press, I I was in medicine. That was my profession. I, I was a caregiver of people, and I could. Did I need... The big, no, I had credentials. There was no reason for me to need, I had knowledge. I could do it. And for six decades, I thought I could handle it. And that was a long time. And just the gift, the gift of the day, July 22nd, 2013, when I was serving lunch to my family and I had prepared an abstinent lunch and said, the heck with this, I'm going to eat this delicious food. And as I walked out to serve it, the voice in my head, no, Camilla, not today, no more. And that was the start of this journey. And I found a sponsor, worked these steps, and guess what? The bedevilment of who does she think she is, the resentment of my sponsor. What does she mean I have to get up early and turn my foot? Doesn't she realize how hard I worked in the field for years? I want to sleep a little later. Well, I was desperate, and this program because of my desperation, has given me such peace and joy and serenity that 
never, ever in my life I experienced. And the love I receive from my AA friends, from it's just amazing. And the gifts I get every single day from strangers. I walk the streets of New York and a baby will smile that's being pushed in a stroller. That's a gift. And for that, I am grateful to this program and all who have gone before me and have taught me. And I am still learning every day. And with that, I pass and thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela G. And Sophia, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, my name is Sophie S. I'm from Rhode Island. And um, thank you so much for everyone who shared already. I really can um, identify. And congratulations to the people who celebrated um, anniversaries. Um, this uh, reading really speaks a lot to me because um, when I first came into I first came into the room through AA, although I definitely had a food problem, I just couldn't admit it. And I saw the word God on the wall, and I immediately thought, you know, nope, I'm done. You know, this is not, this is not for me. I grew up in a very liberal city um, where religion was really mocked at, at best. And, um, like, even during my, my wedding, I had asked them not to use the word God, and the preacher did, and I was really upset that he did that. Um, and for doctors, although I certainly respected the medical world, there was no pill that ever worked to fix my my bulimia um, or my compulsive eating. You know, um, the only thing that ever really worked was was methamphetamine, and that, you know, went sideways. Um, So, you know, finally in my, you know, my desperation as I um, got older and just realized nothing was working for my my drinking or my eating... um, and when I really kind of went into the program and started to work a program, I noticed these spiritual experiences in other people. And um, so I started to believe that it was possible. You know, the, the desperation overtook the um, contempt. Um, although, you know, I really wanted to believe I just never had that experience. And then, you know, the people's mentioned like seeing little coincidences or little miracles about how people came into my life or how, um, circumstances unfolded, and that's when I really started to experience, um, you know, a little bit of of God kind of winking at me. And um, but if I don't, you know, if I don't keep it going, it shrinks. And I had like a spiritual low point, like my um, my third year into AA, and certainly was out of control with food. And someone told me to write a letter to God every morning and just kind of try to connect with Him. And that really helped me, you know, just. I don't know if you're there, um, but I need help. <laughs> like, you're my last, you know, this is the last thing for me. And it worked, and it slowly built up. And I have to just keep that connection every day because I forget. Um, it doesn't have to be religious, but I need a higher power that's not me controlling my life, who I can surrender to. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful that my higher power has brought me here this morning. And, um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Sophia. We have time for three or four more uh, shares. Who would like that spot? Press star one to unmute. 
Pamela E., I'd like to share. Mimi S., Okay, I heard Pamela E. I believe I heard Mimi and Leslie. Anyone else? Okay, let's go with this lineup. Pamela E., Mimi, and Leslie. Pamela, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Pamela. Okay, we don't seem to be able to reach Pamela right now. Mimi, are you available to share? And can you give me the initial of your last name, please? Yeah. If you want Mimi now? Who have we got right now? Hi, this is Pamela E. I was planning with you. All right, Pamela, please go ahead, followed by Mimi. Oh, thank you so much. Good morning. I woke up at 4.30, and I was not happy because I was planning on getting up at 6 today. And I started listening to some meditation thing, and then it's just like, let me turn on my homie. So, so here I am. I went to, I, I was, uh, had an interesting day yesterday, and I was like stuck in, and I was pissed off. I was pissed off. And I remember when I was a child, I had to be no more than 10. I used to be called poor Pam because I was so freaking skinny, and people used to talk about me, and uh, that I picked at my food and all that other stuff. And then someday I discovered food. I remember that magic moment in the backyard when the sky was blue and there was a trash can out there, the old kind where we used to burn trash and the grass was uh, green and I had taken extra stuff from dinner and I was out there and I thought that was the moment that I was at peace and that was God to me. That's when I figured it out. And going to the doctor when I was a child and they're acting like I'm not there. They're talking to my parent and my parent and the doctor are talking about me and how much weight I had on me and that I'm going to need to learn how to do some abdominal exercises or I was going to have this big belly and all that other stuff like I wasn't there. And none of it mattered. I felt persecuted. And and my goodness, did I go to doctors throughout many times and tried everything that was the the new thing and paid great money in the medical profession and Then there were the doctors who tried to give me a menu plan. And then finally, one day, I read this book, this fiction book about a woman who used food the way that I used it. Then I tried to find a magic cure. And then finally, I went to a a marriage and family counselor who was the eating disorder specialist. And she said the words, I think you may be a, might be a compulsive overeater and referred me to OA, and I still didn't go. I was still waiting for her to cure me. She was a compulsive overeater herself. I ended up in the rooms, and thank God, I don't hate you guys about being recovered because I am recovered right now. I am abstinent. I was pissed off abstinent yesterday because I've just started weighing and measuring, and I know my picker is messed up because 
I didn't know how much I was cheating myself because I'm usually, when I'm doing my weigh and measuring it's new to me, I'm putting in less food. Then I get mad because I have to cook some more to put it in. So I'm going to make some calls to figure out how you all work this stuff. But I am so happy. I am so happy that I woke up, that you all are on the line. This is where we are today. And that this program works when you work the 12 steps and you reach out to your fellows. And someone called me in my moment of pissed off last night because they were pissed off too. And then we got to work our time. So thanks for the blessing. Thank you. Thanks for your hand. Thank you, Pamela E. And Nini, it's your turn, followed by Leslie. And could we have the initial of your last name, please? Press star one to unmute, Mimi. Good. Sorry about that. Um, I just found out about this program, and I'm so happy to be doing a study of the big book because I really never made it a really good study of the big book. <clears throat> and I think it's so beautiful. The thing that stuck out to me was, they said something like, oh, we couldn't have done what we've done in AA if we hadn't had the support of the, the doctors and the religious communities because, you know, there's no um, boundaries. It's everyone. Everyone's included and in, can be included in this. It's like we're all God's children. Let's get the help when we can get it. And I think the amazing thing now is that we've got help. We didn't have any help. We know, addicts did not have help. They were out there alone. And unless they had some kind of a spiritual awakening, we were up the creek. We couldn't stop no matter how much we wanted. But at any rate, the miracle of this program in my life has been just over the top. And there's no way I can describe what's happened in my life because it's beyond my wildest dreams, wildest dreams. And <clears throat> I came into OA by mistake. <laughs> I thought I was going to another 12-step meeting. I ended up in a OA meeting, and I felt so comfortable because I was really a sugar addict. I don't know how I would have, I didn't even lose all of that. I just like, sure. But I learned that underneath all of this was this desperation of trying to cover up these feelings of not being good enough. It just wasn't good enough. I didn't know where to go for help. I wasn't good enough for God. I wasn't good enough for anything. But that all changed. That all changed. And um, I'm just so grateful to be with you all here. You just sound like a wonderful group of people with a lot of knowledge. And I and the bottom knowledge is it's God that heals us. And so I love to hear that and just keep turning my life a little over to God and being grateful. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mimi. And Leslie, it's your turn and could we please have the initial of your last name? Hi, I'm Leslie Kay, and I'm in the UK, and it's uh, lunchtime here, and I'm grateful to be a part of this meeting, and um, there's a lot I could identify with, but you know, for me, I came into AA originally, 
And um, with alcohol, I recoil like from a hot flame. But with the sugary food, I found that different. I found it harder to get my sobriety around the food and my abstinence around the food. But nowadays, I recoil from the food as well. I look at the food, and when I see a cookie or sugary food, I look at it like it was a, a bottle of alcohol because for me, it has the same effect. Once I touch it, I can't stop. It might not take me to the same places that the alcohol did, but it takes me to a different place, an emotional rock bottom, feeling bad about myself. And what I've learned in this program is that I have to build a relationship with my higher power. And part of relationships is trust. And part of relationships is looking after yourself so you don't worry another person. So today... I'm going to do the best to look after myself as well as I can so I don't worry my higher power. So he doesn't have to worry about the small things in my life and he can help me with the bigger things and the smaller things because I know he's there 100%. And so I have to work at that each day. And um, I grew up in the Catholic faith in Ireland and a lot of that is fear-based. And also there was a lot of fear in my home as well. And that's one I still struggle with nowadays. You know, I'll make up the fears even when they're not there. You know, I can go into that um, fearful thinking. And it talks about that in the big book, isn't it? Driven by a hundred forms of fear. And I am up and running. And, uh, you know, the only way to stop that is doing the 10 steps and sharing. And uh, that's helping me greatly, that is. So uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leslie Kay. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Wednesday, July 22nd, the 7 a.m. meeting is 15026. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Wendy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Lynn. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God, Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.